dust settles, the only thing living in this world will be metal. new bullying host Leroy aka uh Daddy Longlegs uh with my co-host this is Eli aka the Grindcore Jedi that'll work you've been you've been you've been saving that one (laughs) yeah and we're back with another episode and yeah we want to just wish everybody uh before we yeah we want to before we do that Eli congratulations oh yeah because both of us are supposed to be getting reparations oh that's right yeah, we're not gonna get them. But at least they're talking shit saying we might get them. So yeah. So hey, I'm I'm fine with the pretty lie. <laughs> Nothing the ugly truth, especially what's going on right now. Uh past that, now we can wish everybody happy Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy Father's Day because uh yeah, hopefully, like I said, for happy Father's Day, if you have a uh, have a kid, if you're taking care of a kid that may or may not be yours, that's fine. If you're watching out for kids, you're just watching out for like kids in the neighborhood that you know depend on you. Or if she calls you daddy, you know, celebrate your day. Uh, Eli, you know, we normally do a thing on Father's Day. You know, we list like our favorite, well, not favorite, but you know, like most notable like fictional dads or whatever. Yeah. Okay. You you got one you want to name? I'll do Ido Ogami from Lone Wolf and Cub. I think that's what you did last time. We just, yeah. We're not going to do a top five list. We, if you want us to look at a top five list or top ten list, look at the other times we did it before. So you got origami. I'm going to do Darth Vader. Okay. Boom. Big Daddy Darth right there. And because he has to watch over his three kids. Now, you say three kids. What about two kids? Yes, three kids. One, boom, the Jedi Knight, Luke Skywalker. Uh, his twin sister. I had to pick that one. <laughs> You understand when I Googled that, how much stuff popped up. And I want to thank every lady on there could cosplay. <laughs> oh, and his third kid. Boom. There you go. See, the, maker. The, the maker. The maker. That's the thing. When he's always saying thank to maker, he's actually praying to his God, Darth Vader in the movies. Pay attention to that when you watch it next time. So it's very interesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, what else we got? We can move on past that. Uh, Eli, did you get anything for, for Father's Day? Or? Um, I got a carrot cake and a card. And a and an Amazon gift card. That's good. The thing about Father's Day is that for fathers, like when when Mother's Day comes, people go all out for Mother's Day. You got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do that. Most of the time, Father's Day you just get like socks, underwear, carrot cake, things like that. But that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. A lot of time with fathers, as long as nobody's asking for anything, they're fine. They're having a good day. Pretty much. Yeah. Just so sh- that's- shut up and leave me alone, and I'm good. <laughs> right. If there's sports on, let me watch that. Let me at least spend time playing NBA 2K something. Fathers are fine. Leave mm-hmm. them the fuck alone. That's their, that's their Father's Day present. Uh, if you're the mother with the Father's Day, you know what you have to do. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, moving past that, Eli, we got a, uh, we have a passing this time. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah, that's we right. got to talk about that. We got uh, rest in peace, 
Bilbo Baggins, real name, Sir Ian Holmes. I forgot to put the Sir in there. My fault. Blame my head, not my heart. Uh, did he do anything else? Uh, he played uh, Ash in Alien. He was the android in the new original Alien movie. Was um, he? Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. He's been in a bunch of movies. Brazil, uh, Naked Lunch. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just one of those guys who's been in everything. Yeah. Okay, I, I now that you now that I picture him uh, in the alien movie, yeah, that does look like him, Bilbo Bang. Because the only thing I remember him from was Bilbo. Everybody remembers him from Bilbo. You know, he had the big eyes that just jumped out at you when he was reaching for the ring and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't. I nobody really paid attention. Remember when we used to ask everybody when this happened? What did he die from? Was it COVID? Was it COVID? <laughs> but even, nobody even asked at this time. So, uh, yeah, let's let's move on past that one. Eli, any housekeeping you want to before we move on to the next part? Um, let's just keep it rolling, man. All right, so this is what we're going to do. Oh, this is what we're going to do next. Okay, so we watched the movie. Of course, we okay. can't go anywhere because even though technically uh, quarantine has kind of lifted, uh, the movie theaters are still closed for the time being, which I think in Christopher Nolan has, by sheer will alone, has you know, reopened everything by the end of July. Like he t- he told Warner Brothers, "What the hell you're gonna do? Damn your virus! Yeah. I want my movie out." So the movie we watched was a Spike Lee movie called "The uh, The Five Bloods." Uh, Eli, this movie was nowhere near what I thought it was gonna be, or what I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, so, but like I said, it's still a cool movie. Oh man, I didn't get that in there. Um, I'm gonna just tell you before we actually get into review about what the movie is. We're gonna tell you like what we thought about the movie. So the movie was actually, uh, damn, I don't have the thing right there. The movie was actually a war movie. So it was a war movie, uh, and it was about these five veterans that were going to pick up this, you know, this, uh, that one of their five brothers, that one of their brothers that fell down there, they took a long time to get there, so they finally decided to go back to Vietnam. But not only did they decide to go back to Vietnam, they decided to get some gold that they buried with him at the same time also. So I thought that was pretty interesting, too. Um, Eli, I'm going to let you start. Let me ask you what you thought about the movie and then we'll kind of, we'll kind of go from there. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it was a little long. It definitely felt long at some parts, but it reminded me of that World War II movie he uh, did, Spike Lee did like some years back. Uh, so this is not his first war movie. Miracle something, Miracle at someplace. It was World War Two, and, and, and it was guy, you know, veterans reminiscing about the war. So it was kind of similar. I thought it was a little similar to that, but um, I like this one better than that movie. Uh, I thought that it, it had a, it definitely came out at the right time, I think. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, Spike Lee movies, since this is a subject matter he usually deals on and stuff yeah. like this happens all the time, it's just you can almost say a happy, happy accident. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah. He he he's always dealing with social issues, and um, we're just happening to be dealing with one of the biggest civil rights movements in history. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is like kind of a yeah, a very, a very good time to release a Spike Lee flick that deals with um, black veterans of the Vietnam War, and uh, I thought it was yeah. It, there was some really shocking parts in it that I I didn't expect to see. And like mm-hmm. you say, yeah, it wasn't like I I, I was expecting, you know, a, 
a more straightforward like war flick. This was more of a, I guess, um, sort of a a reminiscent of the war experience. I guess we're looking through the eyes of these these veterans and what they ex- and what they experienced, and their and their dead comrade and. Um, I guess what it meant to them. I, I yeah, I, I, I kind of springing this on we had real quick. I didn't, I didn't expect to review this movie. Today. My fault. I, 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 mean, I, I shouldn't have told you five minutes before we started recording. Yeah, I was like, to do a movie review. Yeah, because I, I was like, uh, you know, it, it definitely had me thinking. Um, uh, I, I, there was, there was some. I think the, what I responded to most was the son and the mm-hmm. father, who were. Um, I think they were the focal point, but how the father, you know, related to his son and how the, how, how war affected them, mm-hmm. you know, how, how war affects soldiers is one, one theme. And then of course they need to have how war affects people of color, mm-hmm. you know, them fighting for a country that, you know, dismisses them. There's another theme that goes on there. And then them trying to like, you know, they're, they're going after this gold. They're going after this wealth. That was meant their homie. I forget the guy's name. The guy. Uh, Stormy Norman. They just call him that. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Norman. That's his name. He, Played he by wanted, Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther. Yeah, so. yeah. And how he wanted the gold to be meant. He wanted the gold to go towards bettering the Black community. And mm-hmm. um, I think that was sort of lost. Uh, these guys went back all these years later sort of wanting to get, you know, uh, rich themselves and that kind of got lost and yeah that's the journey of the movie them sort of coming to grips with the their lives and how the war affected their lives and what they're going to ultimately do with the with the wealth you know um but yeah i i enjoyed it i did think it was a bit long at times but uh there was some really good scenes in there okay uh go and slap score on it give it a four out of five Okay, good, good one, good one. Uh, yeah, I watched this movie. I wish I had took some notes on it. I actually watched this twice. I watched it once, like early this week, and then because the movie came out actually last week, we just didn't get a chance to review it because so much other stuff's going on. I watched it again today, and Eli, this movie like really like struck some chords with me. Like you know, like we talk about the Black Klansman. I love Black Klansman. I might like this one a little bit better, mm-hmm. just because of the things they were doing. Like you said, now you said that Spike Lee done a war movie before. I didn't know that because, like I said, Spike Lee done like a billion movies stuff like that but i really like that he went and did a vietnam war movie and he did a vietnam war movie where the main people were people of color you know black people which i don't think i've ever seen it before and he did it from the perspective uh perspective of of their perspective you know um like he said they they made fun of rambo movies like yeah we've seen those rambo movies they go back try to win the war but that really wasn't how the war was uh spike lee did some techniques that at first I thought were kind of lazy, you know, with his, okay, for instance, like when he's showing the Vietnam scenes and showing the war, like normally any other director would have taken like younger actors or if you work for Marvel, you know, they would have CGI, CGI'd you up. He didn't yeah. do that. Yeah. He took the same actors that were like in their 60s or whatever and stuck them in the Vietnam War and act like they were like, damn, we're just supposed to just accept this. Now, at first I was like, well, that's just lazy. But after watching again, I realized that was actually pretty genius because the whole time that we were talking about that, how basically all these soldiers are suffering from PTSD, the war is still with them the entire time, but they never yeah. left the war. So 
that's why we're still looking at through their eyes. And I thought that was actually pretty deep also, especially since the PTSD affects in different ways. Some of them, you know, have actually gotten, you know, counseling for that one. But the main actor of it, you know, the main lead of it didn't. And he's suffering PTSD more than anybody else. And I got to say something. I am so grateful that Spike Lee gave Delroy Lindo uh, a platform to like just really just sink his teeth into. Because this guy is like stealing uh, scenes in movies like for decades. But now he finally got a movie where he's at the forefront of the movie, gets to do everything, wants to really got to show off his acting talents. I'm not into this award shit or Oscar shit, anything like that. But if there was an award up there, he needs to be nominated for something. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he, he, uh, Crooklyn is like probably my favorite Spike Lee flick. Right. And, and Delroy Lindo was the father in that. Right. Movie. I love that movie. And he's great in that movie. I mean, he's been in a bunch of, Spike Lee, but Lord, sort of more, you know, supporting cast, supporting like the, that, yeah, yeah. clockers, and I think he was in even propped up in Malcolm X at one point. I think, but, yeah, uh, I think he said that was like maybe like his first, well, not his first movie, but it was it was up there, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, he's a great actor, and he he was a very interesting character. He was a black guy with a MAGA hat, you know. Right, <laughs> and, and it was very interesting thing. Like at first, I thought that they Spike Lee just did it just for shock value. But then actually says something about that guy's character because he was a black MAGA supporter. Basically, he wasn't on the same page as everybody else. He was out for himself and it ended up being, you know, his downfall long run. I'm not trying to spoil as much as I can, but it was his downfall long run because he was out for himself. He wasn't for his brothers or his bloods. He was out for himself, which if you are a black Trump supporter, that's basically what you are. You're saying I'm not with anybody else. I'm just going to go my separate way and if yeah. you don't stand together and be together then you all gonna fall apart and and that know? and that reverberated with his the relationship to with his son whose son mm-hmm. who just all of a sudden shows up for this trip right. unannounced and um yeah that was another exploration of of, of fathers and, and parents because the one guy mm-hmm. he had a daughter with the with the vietnamese that, lady right there, that he never that, met before know, which that happens you know yeah that he never met, and and so there was, there was that again that exploration of, of 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 parents and how war affects them. And again, I I wish I would have known we were going to do this. I would have like, paid more attention. And yeah, <laughs> got, so I didn't mean thought, to bring this know? up on you, but some other things <laughs> about that, even with his son popping up, that was also pretty interesting. Also, yeah. because I feel like Spike Lee was basically showing generational trauma, like not just with the war, because that's the thing. Like people keep talking about the war. But we're looking at the war from the black man's perspective back when the war was going on, because, OK, black people make up 11 percent of the United States population. But in the Vietnam War, they made up a third of the battalion, mm-hmm. over a third of the battalion, actually. So you're looking at a lot of black people being drafted and sent to a war. They have no idea what's going on. Meanwhile, while at the same time that it's going on back at home, civil rights leaders getting blown away left and right. Yeah. Marlon King. JFK, RFK, Mega Everts, Malcolm X. We yeah. just keep going down the road. Like So while they're actually being needed on the front line of the war going on in America, yeah. they're a thousand miles across, you know, across the other side of the planet fighting a war against people that have no beef with them. Like they even said at the beginning of the, of the movie, like uh, Muhammad Ali pretty much said, no Viet Cong has ever called me the N-word before. Yeah. You know. He says he's saying uh, even Malcolm, uh, not Malcolm, Martin Luther King, like Martin Luther King, like uh, America loves Martin Luther King for what he says, as long as he's saying what they want him to say. Yeah. 
like he's preaching about once civil spoke, rights. Yeah. Once he right. spoke out on Vietnam. Once he spoke out on Vietnam, it was yeah. it. That was a wrap. They said pretty yeah. much a, a year from when he spoke out of Vietnam, less than a year from when he did that, he died. Yeah. You know. So that's the thing. It's the same thing with RFK, same to all the guys. That's what you don't don't speak on the war. As long as he was speaking about some stuff they don't care about, it's fine. When you talk about some stuff that they care about, that's a problem. So all that was like pretty much uh pretty much sold in there. I'm still trying to figure out why all of them was named after the temptations. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I didn't I didn't catch it either until I went on Twitter. And somebody like, look at the symbolism of this movie. The symbolism. That well, they, the temptations, temptations, did they break up and reunite at some point? They did. <laughs> they Okay, they did. <laughs> now that I think about that. Uh, but the funny thing is about the front man of the temptations with David Ruffin. But in this one, uh, David, David was like just a no-name rookie in this one. Like he was just a nobody. So I don't know what the connection was with the five temptations, the five bloods, but whatever i did like the fact that how spike lee was making those comments on war movies you he was like you saw you heard the flight of the valkyries theme when at some point which is a callback to apocalypse, apocalypse now. now right but oh, know, also he, when they went to the apocalypse now club uh spike lee when i looked at an interview of it he said that was actually a real club yeah 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 that and, was in, and, in vietnam so and they're just he's sort of just commenting on hollywood lore of the vietnam how they romanticize the war. Yeah, and 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 here we are. It, for, it just puts in another context that, yeah, all those war movies are just yeah they're, they 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 sort of glorify war and mm-hmm. uh, propaganda. Yeah, essentially, yeah, and and this movie sort of it, it really de- de- deals with the effects of yeah the PTSD the trauma. Um, yeah, Delroy Lindo's character, how he you know how how he. How he reconciled. I thought it was very like like yeah, back to like his character and like mm-hmm. the landmine scene was just wow. I, I <laughs> Yeah, but honestly, honestly, the landmine scene played itself a little bit too predictable. I knew something was going to happen with him. Now what I, I didn't was, expect I was him to expecting that the whole time, especially when yeah, met, like when it play. happened and then everything ramped up and I didn't expect like the landmine scene, I, I knew something was gonna happen. When it happened, I like I wasn't expecting anything to happen after that. That's what shocked me. I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're going yeah, there. Like there was a buildup. I was like, cause that, cause when you, when, she, when they met the, 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 the French woman and their, their crew of landmine finders, mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit. And when every time that they were, they had the metal detector, mm-hmm. I was like, someone's going to blow up at some point. You know? <laughs> you so that was there. That was some right. good foreshadowing. But when that finally happened, I'm talking about when the sun stepped on one. That, yes, yeah. that was shocking. I was like, I, I was, I was tense the whole time. Like I, yeah. I almost held my breath the whole time doing that scene. Yeah, that was, that's what I'm talking about. And that, that, that coincides with the whole father and son. Cause all of a sudden the father gave a shit. You right. Know? I mean, and then, it, it seemed like they had a, a weird relationship because it's like, he wanted, like, whenever something happened, he wanted to show his son he loved him, but he said he didn't know how to love him. And, and that's, that's another thing, you know, that they, Spike Lee was trying to bring in, like, the generational between fathers and sons, they don't really know how to communicate emotion between each other. Yeah, and that was his only way to show his love mm-hmm. was to bring his son into a war, <laughs> you know? Right. And that and, was and his the, only way to say, right. oh, I got to save my son. I, I care about my son. Now that he stepped on a landmine, I got there. Here's my chance to show how much I care about him. And they bond that, because that's, that, because yeah. that's how he bonded with his brothers. So that's how he's going to bond with his son. They only know how to bond yeah. during the war because 
they never left the war behind. That's another funny thing. Like when they got into that firefight with those pirates or thieves or whatever, yeah. it almost feel like Delroy Linda, like a flip switch. Yeah. Like, he, like, they, like they, it was back at home. Right. They were all, they, they all just like riding a bike. Oh shit. We're in the shit again. Right. Let's, let's, you know. And it seemed like that's the most comfortable they're in, you know, in, yeah. in a firefight. Yeah. And it yeah. almost makes sense that why he would, I'm not going to say it makes sense why he was a Trump supporter. <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is, is that you can tell that like Daryl Lindo's character was extremely xenophobic. Like he hated foreigners, everybody he talked to. He hated the French. He hated the Viet Cong. He hated everybody. So if he's listening to Trump speak and Trump hates foreigners just as much as he do, it almost makes sense. He would just kind of go that route. You know? And pro-military and guns. And, right. You know. Pro-military, all this yeah. stuff like that. Pro-guns. <laughs> You know, I was like, why wouldn't he be a Trump supporter? You know, uh, they touched on some other things also, like one of them may or may not have been addicted to opioids, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chadwick Bozeman played a great part in this one. You know what? Tra- Chadwick Bo- Bozeman to me in this movie was playing Killmonger. If, if <laughs> you really think about it. <laughs> without, without the, you know, without the race war. Yeah. <laughs> he almost wanted to do that, too. <laughs> I mean, but the way he do it, because they, the way they would describe him, they pretty much was describing Chadwick Boseman like some kind of mythological fi- uh, figure, which I've noticed Hollywood is starting to do that now. Like anytime they want to display, like they have a movie and they want to display a guy that's supposed to be like better than other guy, they just cast a superhero, you know, like The Hunt. When we talked about The Hunt last year, last week, and we thought that uh, this person's going to live, that person's going to live. Now, one of those guys, you know, play Arrow, Green Arrow on, on CW, so I'm thinking, okay, He's an action guy. Maybe he's going to live. First one to die. You know. But the point is, like, okay, Chadwick Boseman is the Black Panther playing Killmonger. Okay, everything he says, shut the fuck up, listen to him, because obviously he knows what he's doing, we don't. And they even, Spike Lee even flat out says it. Like, Spike Lee is not subtle at all, you know, no. in any of his movies. So he pretty much tells you he's Malcolm and Martin rolled into one. And when he was there, and, and that's another point that Spike Lee was trying to make, because when he's there, all the brothers, all the bloods were on the same page. Now, when Chadwick Boseman dies, that's not a spoiler. They say it like in the first five minutes of the movie. When he dies, they're all over the place. They have no leadership. They have nowhere to go. Spike Lee is telling us what happened with the black community right now. We have no civil rights leader because they all got killed. Yeah. So we have no idea what's going on right now. Now, not to talk bad about Black Lives Matter, but who the hell is over there? We don't really know. Yeah. Women so, started it. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. So, I mean, we get all celebrities. I, I hate to get on this tangent, but we got celebrities going around saying, I'm giving two million, two million to Black Lives Matter, 500 million to Black Lives Matter, 10 million to Black Lives Matter. Who are you giving the money to? I thought it was a hashtag. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on. It's that was a maybe tangent. They, maybe, I they maybe they don't want to make themselves known because they know what happens when they do. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why don't you be more like Martin? Because we see what happened to Martin. You know? <laughs> he may have yeah. a point. That brings me up to uh, superheroes. Like I said, Black Lives Matter, whoever is running this thing is completely anonymous. So if superheroes were real, they're all red masks and stuff like that, Eli. Would we trust them? Well, oh, I, well I want to see what they can do. Like if I saw a dude flying around and shit and lifting cars and shit, I'd be I'd scared be like, as shit. I'd be like, oh. But no, I'd be, be scared like, of shit. If, if he saved me, I'm saying if he saved my life, then I'd be like, all right, you're cool. 
<laughs> okay, what if he saved somebody else's life? That's the thing. Uh, well, I don't know. It depends who. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I'm going to give the movie, I'm, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 because I do agree with you, Eli, that the pacing, that's the thing about Spike Lee. Spike Lee, and I'm, I got to say this because I know he's an uh, uh, Oscar Academy darling and things like that, but his movies are really an acquired taste. And that's yeah. fine. That's okay. Because the thing is with Spike Lee is that he has so many ideas and so many things he's trying to cram in. And that every movie he makes, every movie he takes, he has so many like themes and messages and analysis trying to throw into that, you know, pacing be damned, narrative be damned, flow of the movie be damned. So he's just throwing the shit in there. He's just like, I, you know, whatever. So I agree with you that the uh, the movie did feel a little too long in some parts. The movie could have been shaved down a little bit some part. But at the same time, thinking like, it's Netflix. You can do whatever you want to do. You're not restricted to the same rules that you're restricted in the theaters. Yeah. I think that's what happened. It's like when Scorsese got The Irishman. Netflix said, go ahead, do what you want. All right, I'm going to make a right. four-hour fucking movie. Right. like, okay. And they can watch it at your leisure. And that's how, I'm sure that's what they did with Spike. Like, hey, right. They, you do, make do what you want. That, that's what they're doing yeah. with the, and that's the thing. Uh, and, what's, what's the guy's name? Uh, the, guy, the Transformer guy. Michael Bay. Bay, yeah. yeah, Netflix I, said, yeah, Netflix pretty much told him, like, we don't have a leash on you. You do whatever you want to do. We're just going to throw $100 million at you, just blow shit up, you know. And that's what he did. He blew shit up for, like, like an hour and a half minutes. So Scorsese, the the Irishman couldn't be put in the movie because it was too long. No, no mm-hmm. theater would put that in the movies. Netflix let him do whatever he wants to. Michael Bay doing whatever he wants to. And I'm pretty sure Spike Lee got away with stuff that he wouldn't get away with. Uh, in the real movie theater. Hell, he had real scenes of people getting killed in, in this movie. Yeah, it was pretty brutal, yeah. It was pretty I was like, whoa, you're not going to cut away from that? No, man, he, he yeah, showed it. Yeah, so. it was it was brutal. Some brutal stuff in there, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean, like I said, the pacing was sloppy at times, but I almost feel like, hell, if everybody else is doing it, if they want to, shit, make the movie longer. Might as well. Yeah. Do what you want to do, you know. Um... But yeah, I'm gonna give the movie a 4.5 out of five. Good show movie, not Spike Lee's best movie. I honestly I think I might like this better than Black Klansman. And I love Black Klansman. Yeah, Black Klansman was good. But even yeah. that, that that was it. I thought that was a little bit long. And I know, thought that was yeah. yeah, that was a little bit long also. Yeah. I think maybe that was a little bit pacing-wise, a little bit put together than this one was. And it still had yeah. all the uh had all the the themes and the messages, stuff like that. It, it was there too, because Spike like Anybody watching this, if you haven't seen Black Klansman, please go watch Black Klansman because they're telling you everything that's going on right now. You know, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the the KKK has basically rebranded, mm-hmm. and if you watch uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, they're pretty much doing the same thing right now to the government. <laughs> so, Captain America is trying to tell you this shit. Captain America yeah. and Spike Lee—they're both trying to tell you this shit. And it, that's some shit. When when uh, when Cap w- went to Hydra, we actually had comic fans saying. Well, Hydra isn't really Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones you can't trust, right? And I, well, as, at the same time, right Marvel now. was saying the same bullshit, though. It's happening right now. You say white supremacists are Nazi. Motherfuckers, really? Oh, they're not Nazis. They're good uh, people like, on both sides. Yeah. No, it was just the cops. It's not white supremacists. It's just the cops. I was like, what the fuck you think white supremacy comes right. from? <laughs> they were telling you in the Black Klansman, they were like all the weapons and explosives they were getting, they were getting them from the cops. <laughs> like, they were just giving it to them. Yeah. So, oh man. Like I said, it's a tangent. 
I recommend you watching this movie. But like I said, it's Spike Lee. If you're into Spike Lee movies, you'll like this movie. None of Spike Lee movies. You probably hate it's this so movie. Weird. I say like, watch it anyway. It's so weird that about a month ago, mm-hmm. I watched right before the riots started, like a, a week or two before the riots, I watched Do the Right Thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just so weird. I just like, you know what? I'm, I hadn't seen it in a while and I just watched it one one night and i was like all right it's a great flick and then the riots happened and then i like the when I, the video the george floyd video came out that's the first thing i thought of was radio raheem and mm-hmm. that's like all i could think of and i was posting pics with radio raheem i think cliff shout out to cliff actually caught what i was getting at too mm-hmm. um but yeah it was just so weird that again like his, his back to how you know when i mentioned bitterroot last week and how that that comic book is so like uh timeless because it's dealing with themes that we still deal with right and and yeah so you could watch do the right thing and malcolm x and five bloods and black Klansmen anytime yeah. and, you know, it's still, and, and, and it's still and it's still same shit yeah still and is that a good thing or thing that you know ice cube saying fuck the police 30 years ago and we're still right where we were before yeah. you know that times hadn't gotten any better than what they were before. Uh, yeah. Like the Five Bloods, Spike Lee said he made this movie two years ago. You yeah. know, but everything he's saying in this movie is relevant for right now. Yeah, uh, we were in high school when the LA LA ninety two. Yep, I was in high school, and then Ferguson happened, and uh, and then Minneapolis and the rest of the country, and and bef- but before LA ninety two, there was the Watch riots. There was, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's been going on, you know. Right, so this is just I don't know. Uh, anyway, four point five out of five. Spike Lee really did it with this one. I'm still shocked that he has only won one Oscar, and that was last year with the Black Klansman. I'm like, what the hell? Which is why I don't give a shit about the Oscars. You telling me that Spike Lee uh, is not on the same level as these other directors? I mean, look at the movies he made. You know. Okay. But anyway, we, here we go. Okay. I never like this. The thing, The Color Purple, directed by Steven Spielberg, white guy. Mm-hmm but he has like adopted black kids. So he, he wants to make black movies for black, his black kids, you know, yep. color purple was one of them. Uh, what was I, the, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about color purple. Be honest sla- sla- the slave ship movie. What was that movie? Called? I'm a stud. Yep. That was yep. another one he made. But anyways, so Steven Spielberg makes color purple. Mm-hmm. It's nominated for best picture. It doesn't win. Right. What wins best picture that year is the movie out of Africa. The love story about Robert Redford and Meryl Streep in Africa. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so a movie called Out of Africa starring two white two white guys <laughs> wins the Oscar over The Color Purple, which is about <laughs> Hashtag Paul Mooney was right. <laughs> Paul Mooney was <laughs> The Mexican oh, starring Black Brad Pitt. <laughs> the the Mexican star Brad Pitt. Last, last Samurai starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> It's all right. Now I'll be honest with the reason that a reason uh color purple is is weird because my aunt, my grandma and my aunt had color purple on VHS. It was the only movie they had. And then when I stayed with them, I had to watch color purple every day for a year. Eli, to this day I have color purple memorized. I can quote you the movie from beginning to end right now. I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing. So uh, don't don't do you're triggering me Eli you're triggering me <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, I still love Color Purple, though, but I, I can't watch that movie again. <laughs> no more. You want to torture me? Show me Color Purple. Not as a bad movie. I just can't watch it again for the 560th time. You know, clockwork orange. Ah, that's exactly what it feels like if if Color Purple comes on TV right now. <laughs> oh man, let's move on past this. Uh, let's move on to something a little bit. Okay, I'm giving you free shit. Pay attention. I'm giving you free shit. Boom. So they just announced. That injustice, God's among us, is free. Zero. Oh, see, if I would have waited four years, I could have got it for free. <laughs> yeah, after nobody gives a shit anymore. Yes, it's a free game. Now, what is it available on? It is available on PlayStation, which I just got it today. So Xbox, which is back compatible, which I still got it today, and on Steam. I got it on all three systems. Even though I've already bought it on all three systems, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Because like I said, I played the crap out of Injustice God's Monger. How have you not played this game yet? Who hasn't played this game? There this are people the that haven't played this game. The, this is the second one, right? No, it's the first. It's the first. The first. Oh, it's the first one. Okay. Yeah, the first. They're not, they're not well, giving I, got the that, I got that one too. Somewhere everybody has that. One. I would. I would imagine everybody has that one. Yeah. You know, it I mean hell free game. Look, free game. It's the uh and the ultimate edition too. So you get Lobo, you get Zod. Fuck Batgirl. Fuck Batgirl in the ass with a broomstick. When it, she is the most broken, overpowered character in any video game ever. Oh, Scorpion's in the shit also. Fuck Scorpion too. But everybody else, I'm cool with. Green Lantern was my guy. John Stewart was my guy. I, I matter of fact, if you go to the Comic Book Bullies YouTube page, I got some combo videos with John Stewart. Check that shit out. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, I guess we can move past that. Uh, Eli, can we go to the next part? Sure. Okay, so this we're going to talk about. Like I said, we are back in full swing with the comic books. So this comic bullies, we're going to talk about comic books, and let's just start with what we got first. And I guess we're going to start with the with the big boy first. You like just just jump into it, just uh, get it out the way. The big yeah, let's get it out the way. Let's just get it out the way. Okay, so I I see you're already (laughs) excited for it. So (laughs) I I I am. I'm excited. I'm really excited. The shit all over it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) to poop on it. (laughs) (laughs) For me to poop on. Shout out to the uh, the cop Kenso dog. All right, so the book we're going to do right now, the first book we're going to do in the comic books is, what the hell is the name of this book? DC's Dark Knight's Death Metal. Metal. Okay, so it's a death metal, uh, the sequel to when we did Dark Knight's Metal. So basically how the book starts off, and I'm seeing if I can get that stuff on there, but I don't think I can, but that's okay. All right, so how the book starts off is that it's about, we start with Wonder Woman. Last time, like we started with Batman, Superman, oh, this book starts off with Wonder Woman this time. So what Wonder Woman is doing is that she is like making a chainsaw. She's standing and apparently I got I got to set up some stuff in this also because she is apparently in Themyscira, which has been converted to hell. So that's what it's saying. It's been converted to hell right now. So uh, she's brandishing a chainsaw, I guess. Yes, yeah, brandishing yeah. a chainsaw and she gets a. Uh, Interrupted by Swamp Thing. Now, Swamp Thing, it looks like he's been set on fire or something. And he's, he's in telling, bad shape. He's in bad shape. We don't know what happened to Swamp Thing now. You know, That's what Scott Snyder does. He'll let you know all this stuff later on. But it basically telling you three Batman are on a, Oh, and also, even though they're in Themyscira, they're really in hell. Matter of fact, let me show you what Swamp Thing Which is like a prison for all the... Right. Which is actually what Themyscira has always been, even in the comic books. Themyscira is always a gateway to Tartarus. That's the the DC lore, if you want to go, if you will, you know. Um, and Scott Snyder has also made a preference that yes, this is not a elsewhere story. This is not an alternate timeline. This is the current DC universe you're looking at right now. 
So while Wonder Woman is working on Chainsaw, Swamp Thing tells her three Batman are on their way and they're bringing a prison that you got to put there. Because like I said, she puts all the prisoners in hell, you know, because that's all she is. She's a warden now for, for uh, the jail cell. She goes there uh, and apparently she gets greeted by three Batman. I got to show you this because there is a, a red Batman, which I'm pretty sure is not the Flash Batman because they killed him. Uh, I think that's Dr. Fate Batman. They don't really go into detail about it. And you got a dinosaur Batman. B-Rex. Is that what they call him? Yeah, B-Rex. I didn't know they had a name for him. I just thought, because I just know Wonder Woman says, you're just a fucking dinosaur. I'm not a dinosaur. I'm Batman. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think uh, he talks like that. I bet you he talks like, I'm Batman. I'm an Avis B-Rex. Oh, you're fucking like it up for me. <laughs> Toy Story uh, t- uh, dinosaur. What's that? Toy Story's... Uh, Rex the dinosaur. <laughs> Rex the dinosaur. See, now nah, he can't be all cute and shit being like Rex the dinosaur. He's a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> That's how I read him as. <laughs> <laughs> I read him like a, a the guy trying to be tough or anything like that. But anyway, he's a dinosaur that downloaded Batman's brain. So because Batman just does shit like that. Anyway, the prisoner taken down to there uh, says something. And I think Wonder Woman like recognizes his voice. You're like, oh, you, you can't be you. And then he's like, remember, Diana. But anyway, they're saying all this because apparently they're saying the big boy is about to come down there so you better get shit together because he's about to you know he's about to meet you wonder woman so you gotta dress up come down and talk to him and apparently the person talked to is the batman who laughs again okay but here's the funny thing in it they lampshade it they let you know that you know you don't give a shit about the batman who laughs because the first thing the batman who laughs says is that yes i know you sick of seeing me but guess what? You're seeing me anyway because that's what you're here to see. So let's go ahead and get this shit over with. So the Batman who laughs knows you don't want to see him anymore because we have seen him being the bad villain, the big bad villain of these Batman stories for the last fucking two years. Nobody wants to see the Batman who laughs anymore. We get it. You laugh. Fuck it. Anyway, uh, he's telling me that he's doing the work of Perpetua. And while he's doing all this shit, saying that if you stay with me, I'm going to give you the planets. And oh, oh, New 52 is dead also. I forgot to mention that. That's kind of like a big deal, we should say. Uh, I think they've killed how many, Eli? 32 Earths or something? I think it's like oh, eight left. Something. Okay. Shit. Awesome. Okay. Keep <laughs> anyway, it real. <laughs> keep it real goes wrong. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the New 52 is dead. There's only like F or, uh, eight Earths left. Uh, the Batman who laughs saying, if you guys stick with me, I'm going to give you the rest of the Earth's list. While all that shit is going on, uh, Batman has a telepathic message for Wonder Woman. And he's basically telling Wonder Woman is that I'm about to make my move right now. Wonder Woman, you got to get ready. He said, how are you talking to me? How do you don't have telepathic power? Uh, remember when John used to, uh, Martian Manhunter used to make us do telepathic stuff like that? Well, I made a machine to reproduce that. So I got a telepathic machine now. Just in case if I needed it, you know. So he's basically telling Wonder Woman is that we need a plan to basically salvage the earth as best as we can. And woman's like, no, we don't need to do that. We need to find something else. She's like, nah, while that's going on, uh, Batman, who lied to Wonder Woman saying he was half across the universe, actually standing right there in a Michael Jackson jacket. So that maybe that's a reference jacket? to some kind of metal I don't know about, but it may look like Michael a Jackson. Mi- a Michael Jackson. <laughs> he looked like Michael Jackson. That's what I thought. Michael Jackson, Batman. So in, in Thriller, you know, or Beat It, one of those. You know, That was a red jacket. That was like red. I know, but Batman can't be in a red jacket. So I'm just saying, okay, because it's, it's Batman. So you got to be Batman eyes, you know. That's funny. A, a leather jacket. You. The most heavy metal thing ever. You think but yes, when you see a heavy metal Michael Jackson had a spike 
red leather jacket, which I had in kindergarten. <laughs> so yeah, when I think about it, I think about Michael Jackson. <laughs> anyway, where we we're getting off topic. <laughs> so anyway, the Batman who laughs, see Batman, the real Batman, and it's like, fuck, I'm sick of you. Uh, I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna send like a thousand other Batman from the multiverse, the dark multiverse after you. So all kind of Batman, Batman, Deathstroke Batman, Clayface Batman. Either Plastic Man, Elongated Man, Batman, I don't know, Demon Batman, Scarecrow's Batman, Bunch of Batman. All the Batmans you think of. That's basically how he took it to work. Bunch of Batmans, just some over there. So he's asked, Batman, you're standing on this hollow ground with all these dead people. What are you going to do? I mean, what would you say to all these dead people? And apparently, Batman says, I'd say one word to them, rise. And apparently, Batman has a Black Lantern ring. Now, if you don't know what the Black Lantern Ring is, the Black Lantern Ring is from the Blackest Night. I don't have time to explain what the Blackest Night is. The point is, Batman can control the dead and raise them from the dead, from the ground. So, yes, Batman can do I that. Love now. How in, I love how, like, in the Blackest Night story arc, yeah. Batman was the most saddest soul or something, and that's how he was able to... <laughs> yeah, was, well, I don't... <laughs> Batman was the most saddest person in the universe or something. Right, it has something to do with <laughs> weird story. Anyway, Batman can control the dead. He summons the dead, his army of the dead. They fight the other Justice League Batman. And while they're doing that, he sneaks out. <laughs> you know, he says, I'm out. But he just wanted to just relay that message to Wonder Woman about what he plans to doing. And while he's doing that, he rides this uh this two death panels. Bike. Two panels of zombies. Yes, it was. It that was, was pretty only- awesome. I like that. Two, but two panels out of 30 pages, two panels. But it's Greg Capullo. You got to let Greg Capullo slide on some stuff like that. It's a, it's a Greg Capullo panel of zombies. Yeah, but there's only two of them. I'm just saying, out of this whole fucking book, yeah. the coolest scene has only two panels. Well, they got other shit they got to talk about. You know? Yeah, we got to. I want to see a zombie fight, too. We got to hear all those Scott Snyder words. <laughs> exposition, exposition, exposition. Yeah. Anyway, while that is going on, he relayed the message to uh, Wonder Woman and basically telling Wonder Woman, uh, but Wonder Woman doesn't agree with what Batman wants to do. Oh, also, Lobo pops up. Yeah, Lobo's, Lobo's doing some. He's shit. on a bone planet, I guess. Cool. All right, whatever. Anyway, what's going? And you know, right? You know what? That could have been a zombie panel right there. That could have been a zombie page. To the or, Lobo just on a bone planet, or just that chapter break, of, or that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're back here. Uh, we're back in. Like I said, the gateway to hell. And Wonder Woman <laughs> just like, look, I'm not gonna listen to anything Batman saying. Batman is wrong in the situation. I'm gonna do what I need to do. And I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna talk to the prisoner we just sent to hell. And Swamp Thing is like, you know, I can't follow you down there. He's like, well, if you can't, then you can't. And if you go down there, he's gonna know you go down there. Well, that's just it is what it is. So they go down there. One woman talks to the prisoner and in the in the circle of hell, and it plainly it's like cold and it's not hell like fire. It's cold down there. Talks to the prisoner, and apparently it is Wally West. Wally West with Doctor Manhattan powers because that's what the fuck he's been doing for the last year you know, in the, in the thing, the 5G or whatever, you know, that's that. So Wally West is there. He has a power and he basically breaks down, you know, what the hell has been going on with DC pretty much since DC has been made. 
Uh, apparently, he breaks all this shit down. I'm, I'm going to take a while for this one. Okay. So apparently, there are two, the universe or the multiverse responds to two different spectrums or two different poles. You got the Speed Force, you got the Green Lantern spectrums, you got the Just League, all this good stuff like that. Everything, all this stuff is connected. Yeah. It's, it's, I love this DC lore, Eli. I eat this shit up, man, with a spoon. Hold on. Let's pause. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got? Oh, what up, Cliff? Cliff's in the house. Oh, uh, Cliff, what up? We arguing over some more shit, Cliff. So <laughs> you got to come over and cook some fish for us, Cliff. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to what we're doing. Okay, so we got all this connected shit, all the Just League, Speed Force, blah, 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 stuff like that. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, you got uh, the Rot, you got the, the Legion of Doom, also like that, and they're at war with each other. And it's all been made by this chick named perpetua and she reboots the universe anytime she feels like it over and over and over and over again and eventually she made a deal with the batman who laughs to just conquer the universe but they locked it behind the sports sports wall in the dark knight's metal but because of the dark knight's metal the just league blew that shit up and now she's free to do whatever the hell she wants oh listen what else we got saying anytime yeah anytime. cool <laughs> anytime. all right so back to what we're talking about um so yeah, that's the thing that was going on. So basically, she made a deal with uh, the Batman who laughs, who screwed over Luther because she was working for Luther in the Justice League run, which we're not gonna talk about right now. Plus, because I didn't even read it. Anyway, um, and that's the whole thing. She's and, and Wonder Woman's just like, okay, well, Wally, since you've been hopping around the multiverse for all the stuff like that, instead of doing what Batman says and just trying to take everything we can, trying to salvage what we got, since all she's been doing is causing crisis over and over and over and over and over again. Why don't we cause a, and that's when the Batman who last showed up says, anti-crisis, mm -hmm. you know. And to me, honestly, anti-crisis sounds pretty cool, pretty chill, you know. I mean. So that, so that, that means they're going to undo what they did? That's what he's saying. But not undo what they did, but I guess they're going to control the crisis. Because I guess every crisis, they've been reactionary. They've always let the crisis happen. But they're saying that now they can control the crisis and do whatever they need to do. What do we got? DC got way too much shit going on. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, yes, they do. Okay, we got two different opinions on this. Eli's saying DC has too much shit going on, so let's turn off. I'm like, DC has too much shit going on. Feed me this shit. Give it to me. Put it in my veins. Anti-crisis. You know, We're going to undo right. the shit they redid. Right. <laughs> undo the redo. <laughs> right. Okay, so. Batman or does that mean, is that, that means they can never redo shit again anti-crisis can they not well, ever do it again okay so you got a they got an anti-crisis the next one will be an infinity anti-crisis and then uh yeah identity anti-crisis they just gonna just do it from there now so that way you so you can't say it's a crisis. you're a final anti-crisis you can't or the say po the posi crisis right Oh, we got yeah, that's right. So you got an anti-crisis, you got a direct crisis. ACDC. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, I, they said the ACDC. They said ACDC is, here, right? Because it's metal. Which I think, yeah, according to Scott Snyder, is death metal. Which right. Is it, it's, <laughs> that's why I was confused. That's why. That's why I need you on here, Eli, because I'm like, wait, is that death metal? No. Okay. There's nothing death metal in this. Maybe the zombies. The two the Batman controlling the zombies, zombies raising the dead. That, okay. Oh, like, come on. Now this next panel is 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 uh got to be metal. I we're gonna just agree to disagree on this. Sorry, sorry, Cliff, you gotta go. Are you talking about okay. the invisible? Uh, okay, go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> and, and Batman who last basically telling Diana, look, you are not Batman. I am Batman. I know everything you're about to do. Matter of fact, I already know 
that the invisible plane, you made some bullshit, you're probably going to repurchase some kind of weapon, and you're going to try to you know, conceal yourself against me. Look, I already know what you're going to do. And one of them was like, no, because this is not Batman's story. This is my story. You don't know what I'm going to do. Because you know why? I've already done it. And boom, she takes an invisible chainsaw to the Batman who laughed. Eli, come on. The fucker is dead. He's done. No more yeah. Batman who laughs. One panel. Thing. One panel at how many pages? But no, this is a, a, a <laughs> fucker that has been fucking with us for the last two or three years. What do we got here? Who are the three jokers? Who cares? We don't care. Nobody cares. <laughs> <Who gives a laughs> shit? They do not care in this. And I'm going to go, I'm going to come back to that in a second. <laughs> okay. So they take a, in, she, Wonder Woman has an invisible chainsaw. Matter of fact, she calls the chainsaw the chainsaw of truth. Eli, come on. Is that not metal? Is that not metal? Come That's on. pretty metal. Okay. Not thank you. My, that, not death metal. Like maybe power metal. Maybe. Ah, ah, okay. Know, on the metal Judas scale. Judas Priest leather metal. It's, like. Ah. Okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, at least you got some metal in there. Okay, yeah. so well, that's going on. Then apparently, the the death of the Batman who last activated their second plan, and apparently, uh, the Doctor Fate Batman, who I think is the Doctor Fate Batman, uh, has activated the final Batman, who looks like a Doctor Manhattan Batman. I should show the panel, but I'm gonna show the panel. I gotta show you the panel because I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Where is it? I, I don't, I'm trying to find it. Too. I'm trying to find it. Oh, I see it. Oh, here it is. It's like, yeah, but he's in like, okay. Oh, shit. I got to get the guy to do he, he's he in got a, it. Uh, I got it. But it's, uh, I mean, I, 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 I got it. it. I got it. I got it. it? Here it goes. Okay. Boom. Okay. So is. it looks like a Dr. Manhattan Batman, which that seems <laughs> what the fuck. <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, so yeah, the, the Dr. Manhattan Batman where he's going to, where his parents get killed and goes, eh. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Mars, y'all. My parents have died. <laughs> have this planet, you know. Uh, so why they're doing that? So the panel ends, the book ends with Sergeant Rock. Why the fuck has Sergeant Rock been gone for so long? I love Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock is basically okay. Nick Fury is a ripoff of Sergeant Rock. A Nick Fury started off as a World War II comic, and then like since it was back in the '60s. After a while, he was like, since the war is over and it's 20 years later instead of 100 years later, he like, you know what? I'll just be super spy. Boom. That's shield. That's Nick Fury. But anyway, he was a ripoff of Doctor uh, of Sergeant Rock. So Dar Sergeant Rock is here and Batman grabs him, telling him it's time to get into the fight. And apparently Sergeant Rock has no leg. Eli, on a scale of metal, what, what do we have? That's pretty metal. Okay. That's what I was that's wondering. That's pretty though. metal. Okay. That's metal. Okay. Not death metal, but metal. That's uh, I know I would say death metal. Yeah, that's got okay. some. <laughs> what is that? Mars. <laughs> Mars, Mars bitches. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's pretty metal. Okay, we have. I can see we have different opinions on this book right now. It's it didn't just hit me like dark, like death metal, dark metal did because that book lets you know what the book was about. This book doesn't really let you know what it's about right now, but it feels like it's on a bigger scale than what uh, Dark Knight's Metal was because this is another crisis. They can call it whatever they want to call it. This is another crisis. We're in the middle of a crisis right now. Anti-crisis, direct crisis, Metallica, is Metallica metal? No? Uh, yeah, they're threat. Yeah, well, okay. like, they haven't been metal for like 30 years, but, you know. Okay. What about Aerosmith? Uh, no classic rock. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really think. Not metal. Aerosmith is metal. No, they're more rock. Rock and roll. Okay. 
Okay. Classic yeah. rock. I'm out of my I'm out of my league on this one. Yes. Yeah. See, <laughs> thank you, Cliff. Yes, Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock is that guy. Okay. So yeah, so that's going on right pages. now. He's on two pages. Front and the back. But it's Sergeant Rock. You gotta start a book off with Sergeant Rock. You got to. Because he's rock. <laughs> I mean it's not metal, but it's rock, you know. I yeah, he's got he's rocking that giant ass gun. Right. Big ass, you know, cable gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of metal. Okay, you like give it. What, what what is your what is your uh, radio this week? I was <sighs> okay. Uh, Cliff Metal Superman doesn't show up in this book, but they do say that he's been possessed by the anti uh, the anti life equation. But more than likely, he probably hasn't been you know done yet. Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden's metal, right? Yeah, Iron Maiden's metal. More okay, cla- thank classic you. Okay. power metal. They're not death metal, but Iron Maiden's one of my favorite bands. But I wouldn't, I don't consider them death metal. Okay, but um, but they're metal. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I I just like. I'm, I'm trying to sell you on the book, Eli. I'm trying. There's to so much <laughs> cool shit. I will admit, there's so much cool shit going on in this book, but like Snyder and and Dark Knight's metal. All the cool shit happened in like the tie-ins and shit. Like this, the main book was just a bunch of talking and setting up stuff, and you know what I mean. And that's mm-hmm. what this felt like. As I, as I was reading this, like there's all this cool shit happening, but we don't get to see any of it. Yeah, Batman raises the dead. Eh, it's two panels. Let's go on to more talking with this asshole and the Joker la- or Batman laughs has to talk some more. And then, then we got a then we got the big huge splash pa- a splash page. Of words, <laughs> a splash page of words. <laughs> it was true. Just, <laughs> it was just a bunch of a bunch of ex- explaining explaining about how the universe needs to be re- we're rebooted and they're rebooting these universes and all the rebooting. But that's, of that's, fucking... that's like that's exposition. We need that. You're going. No, forward. we don't. We know how to reboot a universe. <laughs> a splash page of explaining the, re- <laughs> the rebooting <laughs> again. We we see how many times are you gonna rebirth and <laughs> until AT and T says let's just sell this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, we got this this pole and that pole. They're the two uh, and the source wall and all this <laughs> shit and like come on, let's just see zombies fighting, can we? Or let's I mean, see I'm, more. I'm trying let's to see enjoy more it all. Let's see more invisible chainsawing. <laughs> yeah, I want to see chainsaws. I want to see. I want to see it all. I want, give give me all of that. You know. Yeah, and so. that's what I feel like. I was like, okay, this is this is going to be another book with some a lot of talking and talking about what's happening, and we don't get to see. Yeah, I want to see B Rex. I want to see Batman dinosaur. I want to. He's going to get a moment. Yeah, he's. You're probably going to have to go get his own book because that's left. <laughs> it's good. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. I want. I want to see more of the the chainsawing. I want. To, yeah. I want to see Batman and his zombie crew, and you know, Batman with the fucking Black Knight ring. Yeah. That's. Give me that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just all this shit crammed in, like Cliff said. There's so much shit going on, and not enough, you know, showcasing of what I want to see. Metal Lois Metal saves Lois. the days. She will. Yeah. yeah, she's coming. Is she? Is she going to be all, yeah. Is she going to be like, does she have her own band? <laughs> she got, I think she did in the last one, didn't she? No, the boys, uh, Damien and John had a band. That's right. Oh, yeah, they had a band. Yeah. 
a metal band. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We might move on to the next book. Yeah. And we spent way too much long on on The Dark Knight. Whatever. Okay. All right. So, Eli, you're up. I'm going to let you have this. This is your your baby right here. Okay. Yeah. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, number three. Oh, we're doing Dead Earth? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, number three. Let me pull up. You you go for it. I'm, I'm going to get my shit together. Yeah, so I love this book. This is Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, he's he's doing double duties here. He's writing and doing the art. So, um, yeah. And so this basically, it's a black label book. It's an Elseworlds story. What's been going on, Wonder Woman is in some sort of coma for like a century she wakes up the earth is all fucked up it's you know nuclear holocaust it's a nuclear wasteland apocalyptic desert all over the planet the very few humans are let are you know starving and they're fighting off these like monsters these mutant kaiju beasts and wonder woman's been sort of protecting the last remnants of humanity from these monsters that's pretty much the scenario this is the this is number three. We finally get the exposition. We're finally getting to figure out what happened, what why the earth is in this state. And it turns out that humans causing climate change was making the oceans rise. Themyscira started becoming, you know, started going underwater, started getting flooded. So Themyscira waged war on humans, on humanity. Say, hey, quit fucking up our, our island. You basically you know, turned like Atlantis. Yeah. So there was a war against Themyscira and the, and the humans. The humans launched nuclear bombs on, uh, on Themyscira. Superman, you know, decides to go save Smallville. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and let's Themyscira gets obliterated by nuclear bombs. <laughs> this causes Wonder Woman to go off she gets pissed and she beats the holy fuck out of superman she it's a big long ass battle it's daniel warren johnson if you never read you know extremity or murder falcon or he draws action so raw and visceral mm-hmm. his action scenes are great and it's just this big huge well i won't say a bra because it's basically wonder woman beating the shit out of superman for like 10 pages and, <laughs> and not a page is the zombie no it's the whole yeah, thing yeah. yes this is fucking metal <laughs> <laughs> way more metal than dark knight's death metal <laughs> <laughs> more metal than metal <laughs> yeah so yeah she beats the shit out of superman causes the earth she beats the shit out of him so bad that they're slamming into the earth and causes earthquakes and fires and basically destroys the great fire they call it the great fire and uh the earth gets fucked up from this fight and she eventually kills them they go to the, they end up at the fortress of solitude and she gets kryptonite and then kills superman and Dang. then um so that's when she learns that she was the cause of the earth getting fucked up wow. and um the mutants are themiscurians who were mutated by the nuclear fallout so Wonder Woman has to test it. She has to make a choice. Do I defend my people or I defend the humans who I've sworn to protect against my old people, my former people who are now monsters destroying everything. So at the end of the book, she finds Superman's corpse. 
pulls out his spine and skull and laces it up with the lasso of truth and is going to use that as weapon. It's to be continued. Now that's what? fucking metal. No, okay, that's fucking metal. Okay, that's, that's death metal. That's <laughs> dude. <laughs> that's blast beats. Fucking uh, guttural vocals. Fucking. <laughs> now, see, I w- if I'd known this book would have came out, I would have read it. I remember you talking about it, like Spider- uh, Superman gets his spine ripped out. I was like, well, fuck, I want to read that. You know, just yeah. kind of compare which one is more metal than the other, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, Daniel Ward Johnson, he actually likes death metal. Like, he's, okay. I met the guy, you know, I actually, hey. So he wouldn't listen to Aerosmith and be like, you know, let's do death metal. Let's no, he's, up. yeah, if you read Murder Falcon and the variant covers, there's, yeah, he was doing death metal, uh, references to death metal in, uh, in Murder Falcon. But here's my, can you see it? I have a Murder Falcon pick, guitar pick that I picked up from Daniel Warren Johnson when I met him at a con. Um, so, yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson is an actual metal fan. <laughs> whereas, like, I think Scott Snyder and Capullo are like, they listen to, like, the radio metal. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's why Marilyn Manson did the fucking Yeah, that's why I was like, the- okay, Marilyn Manson? Yeah, yeah. yeah on, the, on the commercials, like, come on, you can be more metal than that. If I yeah. picked the song, it would have been more metal. I don't even know metal. Yeah, Marilyn Manson's pop star shit, you know? Right. They're like, Marilyn Manson's like, Coolio, you know, like hip hop. You know? Oh shit, Flow Rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marilyn Manson's the Coolio of, of, of metal. <laughs> <laughs> like no, let's do a, we'll flip it later. <laughs> but if, why do you hate Superman at DC? Why do they hate? Well, they hate Superman at DC. No, no, no. They saving them. They saving them. That's all. <laughs> So, but yeah, him getting his spine ripped out. They're just like, yeah, what the fuck? That's not the first time Wonder Woman beat his ass. Uh, in in uh DC. Oh yeah, fucked, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucked him up in that one too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is. I'll give this book. Uh, I'll give it a four out of five because this was exposition. You know, the first two books were all action, and it's you know, it's monster battles and shit. It's basically Wonder Woman versus Godzilla. Or whatever, or King Ghidra, you know what I mean? It's just her fighting all the it's just all action. This one we finally slow down, get some exposition, we finally get to the why. So we slow down for a bit, but there's still, I mean, that battle or that brawl where she's beating the shit out of Superman all over the planet was was great. And Daniel Warren Johnson's art, I love his artwork. He's just got this raw, it's not pretty, it's just just mm-hmm. really gritty, raw, visceral style, very thick lines, very kinetic action. And just so much energy, raw energy in 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 his books. So that's why I love his shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, the awesome. Coolio so. of metal. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'll see how both of it go. But yeah, so how many issues is uh is it going to be? Debit, I guess debit. there's one more or two more. Okay. I think this goes to four or five. You're trying to I'm not metal, sure. Metal, so. <laughs> Right, <laughs> Coolio of Metal. I think that might be the name of the podcast this episode. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so next book we're gonna do is I got it on the list. I got it on the list. I'm gonna just knock this one out real quick because this is a book no one really gives a shit about. But I was kind of like, man, eh, find something. Strange Adventures number two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know nobody gives a shit about the book, so I'm just fly through it. Basically, what happens is, uh, uh not Mister Adam, Adam Strange. Adam Strange did some shit. He's under uh, investigation. He's looking for somebody to clear his name. He calls Batman. Batman says, I'm busy. I got a guy that can do it. So the guy he got is Mr. Terrific. So it's actually a, this book, this issue is a Adam Strange slash Mr. Terrific book. 
and there's two artists on the book. One artist, you know, drawing it all like superhero-y, you know, poppy, you know, action-packed on the Adam Strange part when he's in the planet Ran and stuff like that. Meanwhile, when Mr. Terrific is on the ground, and the Mr. Terrific is just actually working out the whole issue. They even show his ass in one. I'm like, what, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Like is I this didn't... Tom King? Is this that Tom? Yes, King? this is Tom yeah. King. <laughs> black so label? Is... Black label too? It's black label. Yeah, it's a black label book. So, uh, black Batman said the reason I don't want to do the book, I mean, do the investigation because I think you'd be better for it because your wife died and his daughter died. And I think you're better for it. Blah blah. blah. Meanwhile, Mister Riffick reads Mister uh, Anna Strange's book, and you be like, everything he said in his book is bullshit. I don't know how, but I'm going to prove it. And then it's when he takes the case, the end. That's the book. So, yeah. I do want to say this. Mr. Terrific is drawn almost exactly like, uh, you know that Yaya guy? Black man? Black man oh, has. the actor? Yaya. Yeah. Yaya He's Abdul? drawn almost exactly like that guy. Dr. I mean, Manhattan. I, yeah, Dr. Manhattan, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, are you trying to tell us something? I, I, I can picture that guy being Mr. Terrific. He can play him. Okay. Even though he's playing Black Manna, but who gives a shit? You know? um, three out of five. I just read it because it was just something to do. Uh, okay. Yeah. Run it back to you. Um. Well, I guess the only book I'm I wanted to talk about, I read that Green Lantern, but I don't give a shit. I don't even remember what happened. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. No, no I, I mean, the, no that that the Grant Morrison Green Lantern. Oh, I read that, but we'll, I, don't, we'll do I, that. I I don't even remember if the Flash was in it and we'll, Green we'll Lantern was Green Lantern was playing pool with planets. That's all I remember. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was playing pool with planets. Yeah, that's, it's that's, Grant, that's Grant, Grant Morrison. Morrison. It's, it's Grant Morrison. Grant what, what do you expect? Yeah. Grant Morrison, Green, Green, Green Lantern shit. Um, uh, this. So this is kind of a retro review because this book came out in 2015. Oh. So this, I'm gonna go with Ghetto Brother. Hold up, I got, the, I got, give it to you. Yeah. Bam. Okay. And Warrior to Peacemaker. Okay, you go for it. Um, I, I got you. I got you. Boom. There we go. By Julian Veloge and Claudia. Aberling. So this uh, this book is based on Benny, uh, uh, Benny Melendez. They called mm-hmm. him Yellow Benny, Yellow Benji is what they called him. He was part of one of the biggest gangs in the Bronx back in the you know late sixties, early seventies in the Bronx. Okay, so so this is based on a true story. Yeah, this is based oh, on right. yeah the street gangs. Of the Bronx, of New York, of New York, you know, during the '60s and '70s, um, where they dressed up like, kind of like the Warriors, where they dressed up in vests and they had their, they protected their neighborhoods, their turfs from all, all the rival gangs. And it's basically his story, him growing. He was a Puerto Rican. He grew up in the Bronx. It talks about the history of, you know, how the Bronx went from being this like really rich neighborhood to you know, defunding of the, you know, social services and it crumbling into rubble and and it looked like a war zone and the poor people just moved in and it was just a ghetto with a capital O, you know, Mm -hmm. during the 60s and 70s of, you know, and and it talks about him growing up and forming, you know, the crime, very violent neighborhoods. You know, if you weren't in a gang, you had no protection. So that's, you know, so he formed this gang called the Ghetto Brothers and they were one of the largest gangs in the city. And it talks about how uh, the murder of this one guy, his name was Black Benny. He was like a peacemaker. And when he died, it triggered 
this, it was like the catalyst for, for hip hop. Because hmm. this is where the Warriors, the movie The Warriors is sort of based on what happened here. Um, oh, okay. When this guy died, everyone thought there was going to be a massive uh, gang warfare, like a gang war, street mm-hmm. gangs. Um, it, it made national like news. Like Cyrus died in the war. Yes. Yeah. He was like a, a major prominent leader when this guy was killed, and he was trying to call <clears> for a truce. So when this guy died, everyone thought there was going to be a big, huge gang war. So what, what ended up happening is they went to the a boys and girls club in, a, in, in the Bronx, I can't remember what it was called. Um, the had it was actually actually had an event. Hold on, damn comicsology. Can I just get out of the guided view? Technology. <laughs> yeah, but but um, so they had it was like the Warriors. All the leaders of all the gangs in the city came to this boys and girls club to have a meeting, and the news was there. They all thought they were going to like have a gang war, a big gang war, but they called for peace. They ended up calling a truce. And Benji, the main character, he's the one who said, can you dig it? So that was real. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he said, yeah, can you dig it? We're going to call a truce. We're not going to, we like, we know who killed, who killed Benny. We know you guys are here. We're not going to retaliate. We, cause Benny wanted peace. He wanted, cause they met with the Black Panthers at some point, and the Black Panthers actually say, hey, you guys are fighting each other. You shouldn't be fighting each other. You should be bettering the neighborhood. So that inspired a lot of the gang members to sort of you know, do some community outreach. Mm-hmm. So that's what they were going for. So when this guy got killed and they thought this gang war was going to happen, you know, they were like, no, let's work together. Let's better ourselves and quit fighting each other. So from that on, they sort of stopped with the gang warfare. They stopped like enforcing turfs and shit. You know what I mean? Their neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know, you got to take off your colors. If you come through our neighborhood, all that shit, they started going to each other's neighborhoods and partying. And from that, that's where hip hop was born. That's because African Bombada, mm-hmm. he was part of another street gang. And he, he turned that gang into the Zulu nation and cool Herc. They were all part of these other street gangs. So they all started partying in each other's neighborhoods. And that started instead of fighting, the rival gang members were doing dance-offs. That's where MCing and the graffiti, all that scene started hip-hop. Wow. So that's kind of how this started. And it's basically, this book is just about this guy's life. You know, and he was the I've one who never said, heard of it before, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the G... Uh, it's actually an event where they go to the... They go to the... Uh, the whole Avenue peace meeting. That's what it was called. The whole mm-hmm. Avenue. It was the boys and girls club on whole Avenue. And that's what they call it. The whole Avenue peace meeting. You know, that's where they had the big, like in the beginning of the Royers where they all got together and they declared a truce. So after that gang violence started, you know, started going, you know, lower, lower uh, rates of gang violence. And that was the rise of hip hop. That's where hip hop got started. And it did, and this book is just chronicles this guy's life, his life in the gang, his life after the gang, how he becomes like a social worker, and um, and yeah, and he grows up into an old man. It's just, it's just, it's just a book about his his life, and it's it's really, you know, it's got some really, you know, interesting, you know, raw art, almost, you know, very sketchy but raw, and it's it was just a really good read. I mean, it's about 
it's not it's it's a straight up graphic novel. There's no like individual issues. Right. It's just, it's just a straight up graphic novel made made to be a graphic novel. What about this? But, what uh, Cliff is talking about? Uh, did Netflix have a show about? Did Netflix have a show about this? I don't know, but I've seen I've seen a a documentary called Rubble Kings, mm-hmm. which is about the same thing. It's about the street gangs in uh in New York, and okay. the rise of you know and how they that that whole truce, and um and how the media was like the media w- was like exploiting them because when this meeting happened after this guy died, the me- like the news came and we're like interviewing all these gang members and the guy said he could tell that the that when they when he told them that there wasn't going to be a war that the the news people just packed up and left like they didn't care wow. right they, 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 they just wanted just they want to see another vietnam war situation on the home front so yeah yeah they were just there to exploit the violence you know so once he saw that they don't really give a shit about us we got to start taking care of ourselves. That's mm-hmm. when he became, he got out of the gang. He started becoming a social worker. And, um, and yeah, so it, it was just a really good read. You know, I had fun, you know, it, it popped up on uh comiXology and I just, it wasn't free, but uh, I, mm-hmm. I just, I, I picked it up. I think it was only eight bucks, but I read it. I was like, you know what? I'd rather talk about this than fucking Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. I'd rather hear this than Green Lantern. So, yeah, <laughs> another Grant Morrison mindfuck. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad so we did whatever. Five out of five. It's called Ghetto Brother from Warrior to Peacemaker. You know, it's just a true story in comic book form. You know, cool. Okay, so yeah, let's uh, let's pretty much go from sugar to shit real quick. So, next book I'm gonna do is yeah, HBO Max. I don't even have anything like that. Okay. Yeah, I do. Ugh, this book. I'm not going to review it. Basically, happen is okay. So HBO Max has this big thing. They uh, they produce three free digital comics. It's a black dude on there, uh, old Hispanic dude on there, and a fat white chick on each book. They uh, meet a dog. Dog disappears. They get remote control. They get superpowers. The end. So yeah. Uh, it's basically promotional material. Uh, they DC just got some probably some intern just drawing right this shit or whatever like that. Uh, I'm thinking what they're trying to do is they're trying to get people because I think they're really like doubling down on the superhero thing that's about to happen. You know, like got Green Lantern coming, and I think uh, Doom Patrol is gonna. I think Doom Patrol releases on in like next week. So is DC Universe is just gonna get pretty much they just HBO Max? What I don't know. They keep saying that, but the thing is, what are they gonna do about the comics? That's what I'm wondering. Like, yeah. is DC Universe going to keep comics or is it all just going to get married over in HBO? Like, are they, since HBO is putting out these comics, are they going to bring the DC yeah, right, library? But, but these comics suck. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, that's what I'm scared of. Like, people will read these comics and thinking, like, that's what all comics are. I'm like, don't read this shit. This is like reading, looking like a, I don't know, like watching The Cape. And thinking that's what every TV show was like or some shit, you know. Like, you can't judge this shit. Like, there are better books and better material out than this shit somebody just slapped together. They're like 10 pages a piece. So they just slapped this shit together and didn't really think much about it, you know. It's the most yeah. stereotypical shit you can think of. Uh, if you want to say SJW and woke, it's all that shit. You know, like I said, black dude, Mexican dude, white chick, fat white chick, whatever. So, I think we talk about this way long. You know what it is. Uh, I just want to say I read it. It's not really worth it. Download it. Whatever. One out of five. Okay. Uh, can we move on to the retro book now? Yeah. 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 Okay. Hold up. We got another. We got another. Let's see. What we got. 
see what Cliff's talking about. This was about Grandmaster Flash, Kuhurk, and Koch running for mayor. I didn't. Huh? I didn't see that. I didn't see you. I never saw that. Whatever it was. I don't. I don't know what that is, but yeah. sounds pretty interesting. Okay. This, the one. The one I was talking about is called Rubble Kings, and it's just about the street gangs in 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 the Bronx in New York during yeah. the. During but did the rundown kind of? T- not the rundown. Is that what the show was called? The rundown where they talk about the uh, the formation of like the the creation of hip hop, like a Netflix show. Oh yeah, that I didn't see the second season. Okay, I just thought that they might briefly the get down, the get down, the get down. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Get down. Yeah, didn't they like briefly touch on this or mention this? If- yeah, they they, they it, it takes place during that time. There were some like gang members dressed up like in those in those outfits in that show, and you know, wasn't the the one guy in that show the I can't remember his name, something Shaolin Master what was his name. Uh, we did not review Star Girl because I don't think Eli saw it. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not watching that. Yeah, so, like, so it's no reason for me to just talk about it. Like, oh, you had to see it. Like, no, not really. Yeah, Cliff says, yeah, the Get Down. That's the Get Down. That's what it was. Okay, so yeah. the Rundown was a rock movie. Okay, so the book we're gonna do now is actually I'm gonna say it's the book of the week. Okay. Okay, because I think it's the only book that we're gonna agree on that we both like, or you may not even like it. I don't even know. Oh, I, I liked it. <laughs> Okay, cool. So I was I was gonna start reading more of it, like more of that run after reading. I am too. I am too. So basically, what we're talking about is just jump into it. So, well, like I said last week, we talked about uh, the passing of Denny O'Neill, and for some reason, it's not a bigger deal than what it's supposed to be. And we're gonna make it a big deal because that's what we do here. We review comics. So Denny O'Neill and Comicsology gave away a free issue of a Denny O'Neill comic, and we're gonna review that book now. And the book was called uh, Green Lantern number seventy six. Now, this is actually the one where he teamed up with Green Arrow and actually became a, a duo. They became a, a, a team of just like Luke Cage and Iron Fist. They became a thing for like a while. So this is the beginning of that issue, uh, Green Lantern and Green Arrow. And I thought it was pretty interesting. It's probably one of my favorite issues I've read of either one of these characters, you know. Uh, so basically the book starts off with, you know, Green Lantern doing Green Lantern shit. He's just flying through uh, Star City, you know, just doing stuff. And he sees uh, this old guy getting, you know, surrounded by these young guys. And he's thinking like, oh, I need to go down and save this guy. So before the, you know, the old, the young guys can surround the old guy, Greenlander does his thing, you know, puts a cage on him, fists, all this good stuff like that, because that's what he does. And, you know, he's thinking that he's going to get a hero welcome. He was like, no, no autographs, autographs. I know I'm the Greenlander. I know you guys like me and stuff, but no autographs. But actually, they start throwing trash at him. You know, uh, so when they start throwing trash at him, uh, that's when Green Lantern, Green Lantern is like he's got an umbrella over him and on the old white guy that he's trying to protect. And it's like, what the hell is going on? You know, and while he's doing that, Green Green Arrow shows up. Oliver Queen shows up and just like, man, what the hell? Are, what the hell are you doing here? Why don't you go fight a, a monster or a mad scientist and shit? Why are you here? You, you're not even wanted here. Matter of fact, if I didn't know better, I'd throw some shit at you, too, just like everybody else is. You know, so uh, Green Lantern is just like, uh, and basically he's telling like, why why are they throwing trash? I'm like, I'm going to tell you why I'm throwing trash. Walk with me and I'll let you know what's going on. So, yes, those guys were going to attack that guy in the street. But do you know who that guy was? That guy was a sleazeball landlord uh, that was trying to take over uh, that he, yes, he owns the building, but he was about to evict everybody out of that building and turn to a parking lot. Now, yes, he legally, he can do that because he owns a building, but is that right? Like the guy that you just threw in jail, uh, this is grandma right here. 
his grandma had nowhere to go because that boy was paying the rent. So now what's she going to do? You know, you're screwing up everything. And then while, you know, Green Arrow is just giving him the riot act, that's when Green Lantern, and this is the iconic panel that we're talking about right here, where you get the old black dude that's walking up the Green Lantern to Hal Jordan basically telling them, okay, Green Lantern, you always saving the pink skins, you save the green skins, you save the blue skins. Why you never do anything for the black skins? And Hal Jordan's is like, huh, I don't know. So while he's doing that, he's thinking to himself like, you know what, maybe I should do something better. I, I, I feel like that I prejudged the situation. So what should I do? You know, and Green Arrow is basically telling them what we need to do is that we need to find a way to stop this guy from evicting people out here. And Green Lantern's is like, well, let me go talk to him. We don't have to resort to violence like that. I'm going to go talk to the guy. So he flies over there, talks to the guy. The guy's name is uh, something Slade, Vol Slade. I may be messing the name or whatever like that. He goes to it, talk to him. The guy basically tells Green Lantern, fuck off. <laughs> He's like, there's nothing you can do because I own that building legally. If I want to kick these people out because I want to do something else with the building, I can do that. And ain't shit you can do about it because it's legal. And matter of fact, get this guy out of here. So two goons, you know, uh, get ready to throw Green Lantern out of there. Green Lantern doesn't use his ring. He just punches these guys and just knocks them out like that. And before he gets ready to punch uh, the landlord, that's when the guardian of the universe, not the galaxy, the universe shows up. <laughs> you know, uh, basically the Owens, you know, they, they say, Hal Jordan. You're abusing your, your ring's power. You're not supposed to be using your ring on, on this guy because he legally is doing what he's supposed to do. We need you to report to the building, you know, report right now. So he goes to Oa because he's summoned because basically he's in trouble. They're about to slap on the wrist. Uh, show him right quick. And basically tell him, uh, you're not allowed to touch that guy because that guy legally owns that building. You That's not your job to just do whatever you feel like doing. Matter of fact, we got another assignment for you. What we want you to do is uh, there's a meteor shower about to attack one of the moons of Saturn. We need you to make sure it doesn't hit. And you stay there until we tell you to come back. So he goes there, does what he wants to do. He deflects the uh, meteor shower from, from the uh, moon of Saturn. We just realized, who gives a fuck about a meteor shower from Saturn? So obviously they're just doing this shit just to get him out the way. You know, while this is going on, Green Arrow is talking to the landlord. The landlord is like, okay, since they tried to talk to you and it didn't work, I'm going to tell you what, I won't. And Green Arrow just like, look, I want 25%. No, no, I, I want 25000 for my services. He's like, your service, what do you can do? And then he started shooting arrow shit like that. He was just like, I want you to meet me at this address tonight with the money. And then, you know, I'll make sure that what goes on for now, if anybody, you have any problems with anybody, I'll take care of. So he's like, okay. And that's when the landlord gets scared. He's like, oh shit, they find, they, they must know what I'm doing. So he's, Call some assassins, some hitmans, like y'all go, you go down there and take care of Green Arrow. So they go down there and they just open fire on they think they what is Green Arrow, but Green Arrow is really standing behind them. You know, he do his whole, you know, you failed this city shit, you know, uh punches them, knocks them out, boxing arrow and shit like that, knocks them out. And that's it. But the thing is, since those guys are such a bad shot, he had everything on tape. He actually loses the tape because they shoot the tape. So now Green Lantern can't do anything. Green Arrow can't do anything because legally they have no proof that he did anything. So it's like, you know what, let's team up. So they they decide to team up instead of uh, to see what's going to do. And they take this guy with them, this guy in a suit with them. They take him with them. And while they're doing that, uh, one of the goons show up at, you know, Slade's house, the landlord's house, basically telling them Green Arrow got away, the, the police are on us. And the thing was, the landlord told those goons to specifically never come to his apartment because he don't want to be linked to those guys. And it turns out uh, Green Lantern has the power to 
change his appearance? Is that a thing? I suppose. I'm the DC guy, so I guess I'm supposed to know that shit, but I didn't know you could do that. Sure. Okay. Why not? It's Silver Age. Do whatever you want to do. What was we talking about here? It's Will William Pace. Hey, guys. What up? Will. Hey, Will, what's going on? Okay. So, yeah. So, um, what was I talking about? He can change his appearance. He can just turn into other people. And the guy that they were talking to, the guy that they brought with them was the DA. So the DA heard everything that was going on right there. And that's when Green Green Lantern can just change his appearance. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, They talked to the DA. The DA is like, I don't need a recording. I don't need evidence. I sit there and heard everything with my own two ears, everything this guy was doing. So yeah, we're going to go to jail. Matter of fact, we've been trying to investigate this guy for the longest, but, you know, we didn't have anything on him because legally he owns the building. So he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm about to kill everybody. So he actually pulls out a grenade. I'm about to show you. He got to pull out a grenade. He's like, I'm going to blow everybody up. Uh, and then y'all said, well, you can't take me to jail. And Green Lantern's looking at uh, Green Lantern like, are you going to do anything? They're like, give me a second, man. I'm just taking my time. So he actually just does a finger thing and flicks the grenade out of the window and it blows up. Because Green Lantern didn't even believe that he had a real grenade. He thought he was just, you know, just bullshitting him. So anyway, while that is going on, I think it's a happy ending, but it's really not a happy ending because that's when the Owens say, Green Lantern, you did exactly everything we told you not to do. You uh, you left your post. You came back down there. You screwed with the guy we told you specifically not to touch. So now you're in trouble. And that's when Green Green Arrow is telling them, so is that what you guys do? You just, you know, just ignore when people are actually in trouble, like for real? Because there's some real stuff going on right now. While you up in space, you know, fighting aliens and monsters like that, real people are down here suffering. Just in uh, Memphis, a black man died. Just yeah. Louisiana, uh, Los Angeles, a white man died. And the black man he's talking about is Martin King yeah. and RFK. So while you guys are fighting space aliens and monsters and stuff like that, real stuff is happening. You need to concentrate on what's really going on if you really want to protect the sector. And that's when they decided to send a real one of the Owens decided to become a human and he decided to join them. And Green Arrow is just like, you know what? We're going to we're going to take the Owens and we're going to take Green Lantern and we're just going to just ride around the country. The end. So start of a beautiful friendship. So basically what happened, he jumped in the car and they go, even though, you know, Green Arrows, Green Lantern says he can just fly around and stuff. But like, what's the point? Let's do that. So, yeah. This book is awesome. I know you guys wish that they would stop putting politics in your comics. You wish you would go back to the old days. Guess what? This is the fucking old days. That's what they did back then. And the I, book even gets crazier as it goes along. Yeah. When did this come out? Nine, this is like before I was born, maybe. Yeah. yeah what, when did this book come out? Like 1970? Will, when did this book come out? We know you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm old, old, but I'm not this old. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Hard traveling, traveling hero. heroes. Yes. When, yeah, when did this, is. this is when so, comics were 15 cents. So, that's what I was looking at. 15. Let's go back to that. That's the so thing that I, shocked me. When I was buying comics, they were 60 cents. Right. So, when I was buying them, there was a dollar twenty-five. And I oh, thought yeah, I was, I guess, you know. That was pretty expensive. I remember looking like, at that. Damn, 15 cents. When did this freaking book come out, man? I don't know. I think like 1970-something. It was 1970-something. We know that. So oh, we'll we'll get thank you, Will. Okay, so I was a little kid. I was two years old. I was two years old when this book came out. Okay. I was still swimming in my daddy's nutsack, so yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, this old book, but yes, this is a book 
cramp. This is this feels like a game changer. Like I said, Denny O'Neill was a game changer with this book. Oh, uh, this is probably my favorite Green Lantern and Green Arrow story all in one. Like even if they separate, it's probably my favorite one. I'm gonna say it's a five out of five book. Uh, this run, I know it just goes to another level from there. Just everything throwing in there. What, what else we got? He's man, I'm old. We're all old, man. We're all old here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old too. Don't worry about it. I got this. You got the book. Damn. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So hang on to it. It might be worth uh five dollars now. So <laughs> now, it's got uh, a good a good copy of this has got to be worth more than that. Ten. This is. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a major book. I think this is a this, wall. This book. is a major book. And yes, it I'm went pretty sure it's a wall book. Thing, but yeah. yeah, but it's got to yeah. be worth something. So, uh, yeah, this is the run, and this is kind of like the when they really like overtly started putting political tones in it. Because not only was this book political, they went even went SJW because three issues. Well, I think like five issues later, guess who shows up? John Stewart for the first time. You have oh, yeah? a black Green Lantern. <laughs> For the first time, let's see what Will got. Uh, Denny was on most every DC book around that time, yeah. He was that we can, you know, maybe we didn't do more Green Lantern books like that. We got comments and activities left and right when we did this, yeah. Because this is because I, I read this last week just for the fuck of it. Because you said, because I saw you post, you, yeah, this book is pricey. I'm sure I, it wasn't me, book. I didn't do it. Uh, Gomer did, yeah. Um, but I, but I, I was like, I. I I read this and then I was like, oh yeah. And then when I saw the Grant Morrison Green Lantern book this week, I was like, oh cool, I'll read that. But then that just was really weird and shit. <laughs> <laughs> just give us more Green Lantern and Green Arrow road tripping. Just give us that shit. But okay. it's cool. I mean, this is, I mean, okay, Green Lantern is a cop. He's right. so out of touch. He's a cop from the suburb who works in the inner city. That's what we right. got going on right now. And he was profiling. He was he was profiling at the beginning of the book. Yes, he stuck up for the old white guy, beat the shit right. out of the little out of the hood rat, and it turns out the old white guy was being an asshole. But then right. the cops were like, "Oh, this is the law. We must uphold the law." You know what I mean? Even right, though, because they're like the 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 precinct, yeah, like the Owens or whatever. So yeah, yeah, and it's like Greenlander is so out of touch with reality and what's going on with with the humans. Neil said they didn't want a John to be black and pissed. Right, they did. They, I, I, I saw, I saw the documentary on it. Thank you for that clip. Neil Adams, yeah. Neil Adams, um, yeah. yeah. So it's just cool that, like, you know, Green Lantern. You know, he, he they, they even put him on the other. Yeah, he's literally off. Doesn't relate to Earth, and he's off in space doing some stupid job. You know, you know, diverting meteorites. That, that's what Meanwhile, you do. The, you, you, yeah. uh, parking duty or whatever, traffic duty. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, he's so out of touch with the people that he can't relate to anybody. And it, it, this is an eye opener. And it's sort of, yes, that's the point of the story. It's like, yeah, there's some social, you know, in the inner city and these disenfranchised neighborhoods, there's a lot of problems going on that are sort of ignored by, you know, people who aren't people with privilege. Right. <laughs> I, I wonder how much of this book was inspired by that Richard Pryor joke of Superman never comes to the hood. <laughs> maybe, maybe he just saw he yeah. saw the Richard Pryor special. Like, you know, let's write, let's write a comic about that. You know, <laughs> but this this is like reminds me of when we were when we did the Civil War a few weeks ago. Right. You know, we did the Civil War review and how the people attack Cap at the end. You know, and like the people are the ones who are suffering, and you have Cap and you know the two teams, Cap and Tony. You know, 
they're they represent the government they represent the police or whatever they're so out of touch i mean the superheroes are are out of touch with humanity you know they're in space fighting aliens and in astral planes and and the x-men are going back in time and rebooting universes they can't relate to people on any human level you know so that's what that was the eye-opener in civil war would cap at the end and this is sort of green lantern sort of doing that in this one so no i this was this was great (laughs) yeah and uh, it's like came out 40 years ago 40 something years ago and and still relevant and still relevant (laughs) (laughs) that's why we're saying that this denny o'neill thing need to be a bigger thing than what it was yes we we understand that everybody knows who stan lee is but when a comic legend like denny o'neill died it needs to be a big thing it needs to be something to be talked about you know for weeks at a time and things like that you know yeah uh like i said it's like genius like this doesn't need to pass by like this is this is not the hbo max comic that everybody's grabbing you know this was the difference between marvel and dc back then that's what cliff just said no okay okay cliff i gotta disagree with you on that yes i wasn't there (laughs) but while this was going on stan lee himself was writing a book when uh spider-man remember remember we reviewed that book when spider-man and harry osborne had a drug addiction oh yeah 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 that was around the same time so you know that wasn't what like I said. And of course, well, I mean, the X Men was doing. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. X Men. Yeah. Well, I don't. I'm not sure what the X Men was. They doing was there. in space, and it was yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, we booked out or whatever. Yeah, that's all I got. I got any water? Shit, we're going. Wow. Uh, yeah. If you're listening, man, we're about to leave when we just start to get a whole bunch of traffic. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's how things go, y'all. Thanks so Shout long. Out to thanks for all the Willie pictures. and Cliff for for hanging in the chat. Yeah, thank you. Thank for the uh, knowledge, because honestly, we didn't some shit we didn't know. So glad you guys are here to correct us. That's what that's what nerds are for. <laughs> yeah, it's too correcting bad. people that I, don't know. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, you, 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 yeah, you weren't here an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, if you listen this long, if you like, share, subscribe. Uh, Eli has a new podcast called Rid of a Steel, which I, I listen to you guys talk about uh, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, I'm waiting you guys to get to the Mamoa one. You oh, know. we're gonna get there. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're gonna get there eventually. Uh this Geeks and Comics also they they just record for us. So basically on Sunday you have two live podcasts uh going on. Like basically they record a little bit before us, we record a little bit at nighttime because we're technically OG after dark, you know. Um and some other podcasts, Get Valiant, uh Okay Boomer, <laughs> you know. Shout out to them. Uh, probably some other ones too. I completely forgot about it. Like I said, it's some whole bunch of rearranging and reshifting going on in outright geekery that I can't even keep up what's going on half the time. Podcast yeah. coming, podcast going, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, like look like we're back in full swing. So we got comics coming down the pipeline. Hopefully Marvel will come back down the pipeline and we'll, you know, flesh this bad boy out and see we go from there. Uh, Elaine, anything you got to add? Nah, I'm good. All right, cool. Until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time, same bullet channel.